The date is July 9th, 1999, and we're watching American Pie. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. Hello and welcome to I Used to Like This One, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. My name is Sean Wells and with me, as always, is the Oz to my gym. Hello, I'm Colin Stewart. I considered using Kevin in that, but uh, I'm not a big fan of Kevin, so I figured I'd go with Oz. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Kevin either. <laughs> So this week, we're looking back at July 1999, when the movies and theaters were South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, Tarzan, Big Daddy, Wild Wild West, and of course, our movie for today, American Pie, which earned $235.5 million on an $11 million budget. That's that's a staggering profit margin. <laughs> Very much, yes. That's crazy. Well, and as always, I mean, watching this movie... As I was watching it, I kind of thought to myself, the only thing worse than having a movie spoiled for you might be drinking a beer that somebody has ejaculated into. So <laughs> don't let that be your reality. If you haven't seen this movie and you don't want it to be spoiled for you, please hit pause now, go watch it, and then come back and hear what we have to say. Yeah, I almost feel like we need a, to add a disclaimer about the fact that this conversation could get pretty sexually explicit, because I don't know if there's any way to get through discussing this movie without that so yeah no i mean it's a it's 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 refer the genre that kept popping up for this movie is teenage sex comedy which yes i don't even <laughs> think is a genre that is exists anymore but it'd be difficult to to avoid anything of a sexual nature that's for sure yeah so the tagline that appears on the poster for this movie is well i have found four the first two are short the first one we've got is come again exclamation point i feel like that would have been better for the sequel <laughs> oh yeah true or fill that sticky hole exclamation point wow <laughs> or let's see we've got boy gets girl boy loses girl boy gets pie uh I, that's probably i like that one mm -hmm. the best so far uh, well and finally i think this was probably the most common one there's something about your first piece hmm that's good. It leaves, it leaves like the the other one is a little bit too on the nose. Yeah. That one leaves room for like interpretation. Exactly. But it may not be the best description of the movie. So let's go to Colin and do a 60 second synopsis. This movie is so basic that I found it really hard to write a 60 second synopsis <laughs> that I felt would be entertaining, but I gave it my best shot. So here goes. It's the late 1990s. The internet is in its infancy, pornography is still mostly restricted to magazines, and it's the dream of every high school-aged boy to not graduate a virgin. Enter our four heroes, Jim Piefucker Levenstein, Paul <laughs> Shitbreak Finch, Chris Oz Ostriker, and Kevin, the most forgettable character possibly in movie history. Although... They are lacking game of any kind and are playing way out of their league. These four pals vow to lose their virginities by prom night. Will they do it? 
Let's find out on another episode of I Used to Like This One. Outstanding. Yeah, this movie is one... I loved these movies when they first came out. I mean, I was there opening night for the sequel because I loved the first one so much. And, and it's weird seeing... Like the, I watched it on DVD, and I have the unrated DVD, and it's interesting remembering some of the things that I used to from the regular theatrical release compared to the DVD version or the unrated version. One such example is the way that he has sex with that pie. Yeah, I was going to say, I watched it on Amazon. Yeah. But I remember, I remember it be like there being a whole thing where he's like on the table. Oh, see, that's the version I have is the one where he's on the table. I remember it from theaters as him standing in the corner fucking the pie. Yeah, so that's the ver- see that's the ver- okay. I watched the Amazon version and the version on Amazon that must be the theatrical release because when I watched it, I was like I could have similar to how you were with Ace Ventura. I was kind of like yeah, I was could have sworn there was more like there was a more aggressive like pie fucking. Yeah. Occurring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so what is your experience with American Pie? Yeah, so I feel I love these movies, especially this one growing up. I think I watched it for the first time probably when I was around 13 or 14, which would have been maybe a year removed from when it came out. Yeah. But I just remember this being kind of like that first bad movie mm-hmm. that I ever watched. Like the first movie that I ever watched that had like nudity in it and that kind of stuff and was about sex and all yeah. this stuff. And yeah. and even even watching it this week with my wife, there was so many things where because I haven't seen it in a long time where I was kind of like, I don't think I understood that. Yeah. When I watched it as a kid. I don't think I understood what they were actually talking about. That was kind of an interesting thing. But it's just I feel like American Pie, and there's a lot of movies around this time, like Eurotrip. Yeah. And... There's something about Mary. Yeah, there's something about Mary, Dude, Where's My Car, Freddy Got Fingered, like, all these, like, kind of just, like, weird, really kind of just focused on, like, that, like, sex humor. Yeah. And and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, that was really big around the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was just watching this whole movie this time, and I was like, I don't know if this would be, could be made now. It was kind of my general takeaway no well there's definitely a few parts of it that i really go oh shit no yeah no like you're not going to be able to broadcast someone on the internet oh yeah in a 2020 film about sex yeah i i guess in terms of my experience with this movie i would say that american pie and it's kind of ilk of the day looking back i was like this really influenced what I thought about sexuality as a teenager. Was kind of the thing I was just like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like this is kind of probably what you know led me to believe a lot of what I thought about what it meant to be cool and, and that kind of stuff, and what it meant. Mm-hmm. Like I was probably like those guys when I was a teenager. So <laughs> it was very strange because on the one hand you're kind of like you really identify with them, but on the other hand you're like, oh, this is like. I was this is this is how I could put it. I was watching it and I thought to myself, I would not want my daughter to watch a movie like this. <laughs> that was kind of my takeaway. Yeah, because I I even look at the fact that in this one, like show choir is the place that you don't want to be, and then just oh, yeah. a few years later is when Glee came out, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden show choir was fucking cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have that, and then Pitch Perfect, and all of a sudden show choir is where you want to be. But in this one, it's the untapped resource of where the uh, women are. You know. Yeah that that was that was funny because even the way that 
like, I don't know, like you probably, like, I've always enjoyed drama and music. Like, I was a drama kid growing up and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I always remember it being, like, it kind of, like, one friend group was, like, cool with it. But then I had other friends who were kind of, like, you know, oh, that's kind of... <laughs> gay or whatever you yeah. but that's exactly what it's what it's like in this movie yeah even the way that like stifler comes at oz with like zero he's like oh what are you like queer <laughs> yep well okay let's jump right into american pie directed by paul and chris whites in their debut however chris is not actually officially credited we talked about them a bit in our down to earth episode paul is the director of things like admission little fockers in good company about a boy whereas chris has directed things like golden compass and twilight new moon however although he is an uncredited director on this movie chris whites is uh, one of the producers He also produced things like In Good Company, A Better Life, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, and all the American Pie movies that aren't spinoffs, like the non-extended universe American Pie movies, the core films. He was producers on those. So like the ones that aren't... Because the the direct-to-DVD ones, from what I remember, they're all like Stifler's brothers and cousins. There's usually a Stifler in them, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also produced by Warren Zide and Craig Perry, who have identical credit lists. All the Final Destinations, the big hit, all the American Pies, including the non-main ones. And we did also talk about them a bit in our Down to Earth episode. And there are actually five of these American Pies Presents movies. Uh, there's Bandcamp, The Naked Mile, Beta House, Book of Love, and Girls Rules. The last one is from 2020. Yeah, I, it actually just popped up on uh, my crate on Crave the other day, and I was kind of like, "Man, they're still going with this, eh?" Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought maybe we're gonna say it came it came up as your. If you liked American Pie, why don't you watch this on Amazon? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I think right now I don't. Well, I mean, the spinoffs have been on Netflix for a long time. I think the the main the core ones like have only been on Amazon for a few months now, but. Yeah. I actually haven't watched well, that's not true. I've watched like bits and pieces of them when they're just, when I've kind of been at my parents' place and they're just on TV or whatever. Yeah, I but. I know I've seen Bandcamp and at least one of the other ones. I don't remember which one. I I know yeah. I've seen at least two of them, but I couldn't tell you what they're all about at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I remember the, I remember the other movie that came out around this time that was similar was Van Wilder. Ah, yes. Which is also another classic. Yes, and another Tara Reid. Yeah. One more producer on this movie. We've got Chris Moore, who did all the American Pies, Waiting, which is a Ryan Reynolds movie I fucking love, speaking of Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Uh, plus Waiting 2, which I haven't seen, Joyride, Reindeer Games, Goodwill Hunting, and our writer on the film is Adam Herz or Hertz, there's no T in there, H-E-R-Z, who has very few writing credits. He's the creator of a show called Go Fish, writer on Best Intentions, whatever the fuck that is, and then every other credit is American Pie. However, beyond American Wedding, he only has the character's credit, the quote-unquote character's credit. I found a I found a cool anecdote about Adam Hertz that I thought was amusing, is he, he wrote this screenplay for American Pie in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Which I which I feel is like pretty impressive, but he tent when he wrote it he t- tentatively titled it "Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy That Can Be Made for Under Ten Million Dollars That Most <laughs> Readers Will Probably Hate But I Think You Will Love." 
<laughs> nice. And I was I was almost gonna make that my sixty second synopsis because it just <laughs> perfectly captures what this film is. <laughs> Unfortunately, they did miss the budget by one million dollars though, because it was an yeah. eleven million dollar movie. So we open this movie on porn music and moaning. Uh, for some reason, I guess because I like all the American Pies, I expected that to start with the, you know, the my heart is on fire and whatever that song is. But yeah, no, this one opens with the porn music and we meet Jim who is sitting on his bed watching scrambled porn. Jim is played by Jason Biggs, who went on to do Loser, Mad Love, Saving Silverman, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back, and Reboot, Orange is the New Black. I uh, <laughs> I, I read that Jonathan Taylor Thomas was who they did want for this role, though. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> him in this role. He's just, he just seems like such a clean-cut, nice boy. Except for his character on Smallville. Yeah, except for that. He, he does I... play a pretty good bad guy on Smallville. Yeah, but he's just... He... I mean, it would have been interesting just because it's so far removed from what I picture him as, but... Yeah, but yeah, Ra Randy is very different than Jim. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is preparing to use a sock to masturbate. This is something I've never understood. I have never once in my life used a sock. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> I, I just i don't get it it's it's not a lubricated item like i understand it's like a container that is supposed to do the cleanup at the same time but i mean have a tissue man i mean i think i, I think it's just timing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you probably don't want to use it the whole way through but you know but he's wearing it right from the beginning <laughs> yeah that i mean unless you have some kind of special sock i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's like filled with vaseline <laughs> yeah it's like it's like before before it's like a, a poor man's uh fleshlight yeah <laughs> but unfortunately before jim can get down to business his mom steps into the room and then his dad his dad played by eugene levy uh, drove my chevy to the levy is that where the title came from right there oh, yeah because <laughs> i because i heard they were working on a different title for a long time it was going to be called like uh, east great falls high school for the longest time. Oh, really? And, yeah, it was only, like, maybe three or four weeks before the film was actually in theaters that they started marketing it as American Pie. Hmm. But Eugene Levy, uh, we talked about him in Down to Earth. He's from SCTV, Schitt's Creek. You know, I realized that if I go through, like, long credit lists for every major character, this episode will be, like, three hours long. So I'll keep it to highlights <laughs> or lowlights in some cases. Uh, Bill Murray was one of the possibilities to play Mr. Levinston. That would have been a good pick. Yeah. I mean, that would have been, I don't think, I feel like if it had been Bill Murray, I don't think it would have had the staying power. Like, yeah. there's, there is something to Eugene Levy in that role, especially as the series continues to go on. Yeah, because he's so earnest and he's so embarrassing, but he's such an amazing dad. Yeah. And he brings out both of those qualities so well. Yeah. So... We get all the hilarity of Jim trying to operate a TV remote to turn things off. My favorite moment in the whole scene, though, is when Jim's dad turns to leave and the guy in the porn says, spank my hairy ass. And Jim's dad turns around and says, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> the reaction from Eugene Levy. I love Eugene Levy. But this is all pretty much just a cold open for this film, and we are in it. Here we go. So <laughs> yeah, you, really, you really know what you're getting into as soon as this movie starts. Yep. So we cut to East Great Falls High School. We meet Oz, played by Chris Klein, who was great as Sakita in The Flash, I thought. Yeah. But also 
Also did rollerball, so it balances out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think. I remember when he showed up in the Flash last season, or was it the season before? I was. He, it was one of those. It was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Like, whatever happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of those moments, even watching this movie, where I was just like, "What happened to? What happened to all these people? Like, yeah. where are they?" Yeah. Even though we know all these names, like, none of them really broke out huge off of this movie. Yeah, the only one I think is Sean William Scott. But even him. Like, like, you know. I mean, for for the time, his career was, like, kind of brief. Well, not brief. Like, he still works. But it's, like, I feel like from American Pie, there was a time where he was, like, probably from, like, American Pie. And then I would say his decline, even though it's a great movie, kind of started with a rundown. Yeah. And then... But he had like, well, I'm trying to think now. He had Amer- all the American Pies. Dude was he, my car. He took over for in Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, but he that did was do that much too. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's not forget. Now nah, I'll save it till we see him. But <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this was his debut movie, though. Interestingly, so yeah. like he he got a career because of this movie, <laughs> even if it was fleeting. I read I read that he got paid $8,000 for this movie. Yeah. Which se- which seems like a That doesn't steal. even seem scale. Yeah, yeah that, that seems like that seems like for for what the character ends up being, he's def- he's the most memorable character mm-hmm. of the franchise. Yep. And yeah, for him to have only gotten $8,000, I, I I would have been curious to know by the time American Reunion came around what kind of money he was making. Well, yeah, because and they also amped up his gross factor as well. I mean, you know, we got the cum beer in this one, but by the time American Wedding comes out, he's eating that dog shit because the ring is stuck in it. (laughs) And then there's all the stripper stuff, too. Anyway, that's a different movie, though. So but he's the most memorable. But before we get to him, let's meet the least memorable Kevin, played by Thomas Ian Nicholas, who arguably is one of the busier actors to come out of this film, though, because although I've never said the phrase, oh, man, you see that new Thomas Ian Nicholas movie (laughs) until now, that is, I guess it's now on tape. But I'd say he was also one of the bigger stars coming into the movie. Because he was the lead in both Kid and King Arthur's Court and Rookie of the Year, whereas someone like Chris Klein only had election before this, or like it was Stifler's debut. But like he also played Walt Disney in the movie Walt Before Mickey, like esteemed company considering Tom Hanks played Walt Disney. Hmm. Yeah, he's he just he has a very busy IMDb, and it's just like ah, uh, but yeah, he he's was... not a, a name. Did he do like me. a lot of voice stuff or no? No, hmm. no, he's yeah. That's interesting because yeah, I would have said he. It's weird watching these this movie with present day glasses because of him. Like yeah. he's literally the only guy I couldn't have told you what the actor's name was. Yeah, and strangely in this movie, I would I would argue that he's kind of the leader of the group. Yeah, like he's he's almost kind of the main the main driver mm-hmm. of of like this story. Yeah, but. He's literally one of the most unmemorable characters I've ever seen. Well, and I remember watching American Wedding, and his screen time is so limited in American Wedding. But it's like, fuck, Kevin came back, but Oz didn't for American Wedding? Like, what the hell is going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
But uh, he is riding in a car with Vicky, played by Tara Reid, who Van Wilder, Big Lebowski. Sharknado. Sh- Sharknado. <laughs> These two are discussing Vicky's college acceptance letter, and they're talking about Stifler's party that night. And then we get a key moment, which becomes one of the driving forces in the story. Vicky says, I love you to Kevin. And Kevin responds, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. And then going through the halls of the school now, we meet Jessica, played by Natasha Leone, who went on to Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll. We meet Michelle Allison Hannigan, who was in How I Met Your Mother, Penn and Teller Fool Us. She's the host of that. Uh, I love the introduction of the band members still, though, wanting to play their instruments backwards as a prank. It's just like the fake teeth prank in Christmas Story that I didn't understand. Like It's like, this is the, oh my God. And do you guys think that's going to be the funniest thing in the world? Uh, Stereotypical (laughs) band members. (laughs) And finally, we get to meet Stifler, who is played by Sean William Scott, who was in The Rundown and then Goon. And then you had another comment about Sean William Scott that you were going to make? Another comment about Sean William Scott. You said, well, wait till we're talking about him. Oh, yeah. No, it's not him. There's another guy I want to point out. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So so now that the majority of people have been quickly introduced to us, the main four, Kevin Finch, Oz, and Jim, are sitting around in their favorite hangout dog years, talking about hooking up. It's so odd that this is their go-to place, though. Like, uh, like why don't they give Oz's dad sandwich shop some business? <laughs> you, you'd think they might even get some free shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but they hang out in this, this hot dog place. Well, they're all thinking with their dicks, talking about getting laid. Jim is a little obsessed with the foreign exchange student, Nadia. I, I still like the scene, though, or where he's messing with his hair. And he should, do you think she'd go for laid back Jim? Yeah. <laughs> or cool, sophisticated Jim? Still a great moment. Uh, Oz has a date that night with the college chick, so he's bound to get to third base. So Jim asks, what does third base feel like? Like warm apple pie. McDonald's are homemade. One of my favorite lines in this movie. <laughs> yeah, see that that was the first of the ones where I was like, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't even notice that Oz is doing like the two finger, like yeah, the two finger thing or any. I was just like, I was like, oh, apple pie. It's similar to like in a <laughs> in forty year old virgin when he's like, do you even know what a breast feels like? And he's yeah. like, a bag of bag sand. Of sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blue right by me. <laughs> But on on top of the apple pie comment, though, like I know in Canada in 1999, we had converted to baked McDonald's pies, but were they still fried in the States at the time? (laughs) Because that's even more dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut to that night. It's Stifler's party and we follow Stifler as he mingles with his guest, bare naked ladies, just a bumping on the stereo. (laughs) And we get our first look at the aforementioned Nadia, played by Shannon Elizabeth, who went on to things like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and the reboot. We meet Sherman, a.k.a. the Shermanator, played by Chris Owen. And I just realized that between five of these actors, we have 13 first names. (laughs) Kevin Finch, Nadia Stifler, and Sherman. It's like we've got Sean William Scott, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Eddie K. Thomas. Yeah. Actors actors should be forced to stick to like a two- Two name stage name. Yeah. Or don't go with the initial, but you don't need to go with like the full name. (laughs) (laughs) Off to the side, Kevin is trying to psych up his friend. You should just go to talk to Nadia, Jim, and then promptly abandons him to go get some action from Vicky. 
Jason Biggs is so funny. Like out of out of everyone that should have broken out, I don't understand why Jason Biggs. I liked some of his other movies. Like I actually have a soft spot for something like Saving Silverman, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why he didn't break out a little bit more because. This whole bit where he's doing the slow motion walk towards Nadia with the uh, at last plane and, you know, he just walks up and tries to insert himself into the conversation by just laughing. (laughs) That is a good one. I honestly think it was this movie. I think it's pretty hard to come back from being the guy who fucked the pie. (laughs) I suppose so. He does say so in Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, like I just think that it would have been hard... That's such it's such a memorable thing. Yeah. That he it would have been hard for him to come back and have people forget that. And it's kind of like I just don't un, unless you go do something like really different, like take a big swing and go do something really different, like he would have had to go do something really dramatic, I think, yeah. in order for to like kind of like cleanse the palate so to speak and that that's a good point because i was in orange is the new black watcher and i know when he showed up in that it's like ah it's jim <laughs> yeah and that's all i could see even though it was like only kind of a comedy with orange is the new black like he wasn't written to be funny at the very least yeah i think he also just has a funny look yeah you know what i mean like he just looks like a funny guy like he's he is a funny looking guy and so it's hard to even when, I think even if he was trying to be dramatic, my brain would still tell me he's being funny for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like Michael Sarah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so we cut to Oz on his date with the suck me beautiful line. Uh, <laughs> that is one of the most awkward scenes I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> Both because it's just cringy, like, what are you doing? Why would Why would you say that in real life? Mm-hmm. But also the acting is so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he like he does it mid sentence even. Like he says it all part of one long thought. Like it's like, oh, did you see the game last night? Suck me beautiful. I don't remember what the line is that he says yeah. before, but yeah, it just no segue or like no uh no transition time. And then and then weirdly he gets he gets kind of upset with the girl for making fun of him. Yeah. Like, oh I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that's the best you could come up with. Suck me, beautiful. Yeah, he, he ends up getting relationship advice from her, too. So the date's a bust. Oz shows up at the party. Kevin, meanwhile, is upstairs getting blown, which when it's time for him to finish, deposits his ending into a beer sitting on the nightstand. Okay, I have to say, from personal experience, being at the point of no return and giving a partner the old tap out, you know, we, we've all had the partners that uh, want the warning. The amount of time it takes for him to get over to that beer cup is just highly unreasonable. <laughs> uh, but now the beer has too much head. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it a, the Andrew Dice Clay. There you go! <laughs> Hickory dickory dock! Vicky is sucking my... So Stifler bursts in to commandeer the room. <laughs> I read I read that they used egg white to, to simulate the ejaculate. Raw egg white, I have to assume? Yeah. I, I don't think I'd want to drink that. No. And this, 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 too, this was the other point that I was watching. And I was like, oh, I, I did not pick up on that as a, as a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. That that's what, that's what was happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Stifler is commandeering this room. But, like, looking at the decoration, I personally don't believe this is his room. 
So it like it makes me wonder if it is Stifler's room, why would you choose that as your hookup room? And if it isn't, why is Stifler taking some girl into this room? Maybe he just didn't want to make a mess, <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, maybe. Fra- like frankly, the the room situation at the old Stifler house makes no sense at all to me. Like he has only one sibling, as far as I can tell, and we see his room later when Stifler is using his computer. Mm-hmm. And there's one, there's but there's like one point that Sherman gets his own room. So like, how do, how many rooms are there? As many <laughs> as the movie requires. I suppose so. Well, while trying to hook up with this girl, Stifler drinks the cum-filled beer, and, like, I I think he comes to the realization of what is in there pretty fast. I mean, I think I'd look in there and would be like, what the fuck is in here? But I don't think I'd ever connect to pieces (laughs) thinking that someone just ejaculated into a solo cop. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never had the experience of knowing what that would be like, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like I would probably drink it, but I mean, the other thing is like when you, I don't know, I don't take like massive gulps of beer when I drink beer either. So I feel like yeah, you would kind of get it. It would kind of hit your lip. I don't know that I would get the full like mouthful that Stifler gets. Yeah, he he's opening his mouth like he's trying to swallow an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fitting that that's what they actually used. But I mean, like knowing that that was coming as well, like I was ready to put in my notes. I'm like, but why is he drinking this beer anyway? Right? Like why why would he pick up a stranger's beer and and then I realized that, oh, yeah, they actually put it into the script that he's trying to stop the girl from leaving. And he's like, no, there's a beer right here. You want another drink? Here it is. So they actually, like, give it a a reasonable explanation of why he would drink this mystery beer. Yeah. And they do, they do do a good job of, like, raising the stakes when he gives her the beer. Yeah. And then takes it back. and like Or, like, she almost drinks it a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then he almost drinks it. And then finally he drinks it. I, that was... I was going to barf watching that scene, this go around. I was, oh, was so nasty. Well, and I feel like when I was watching that in theaters, there was, there was like collective gasps from the audience every time. It was oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, that kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Also at the party, we get Jessica and Vicky talking about orgasms, you know, just because as one does at a party, let's just discuss that you've never had an orgasm. And we also get the famous MILF scene and then the awkward moment when Kevin is coming down the stairs saying, enough of this blowjob bullshit. I need to get laid already, which Vicky hears, of course. Yeah. I kind of felt like Tara Reed's reaction to that was a bit was a bit too quick. Yeah. Like, it, it just seemed, even the way they're coming down the stairs, I was like, I don't know that she would have actually heard him mm-hmm. say, say that. Well, yeah, because there's music going. I mean, the bare naked ladies are just pumping in this house. Yeah. So the next morning, the the main four wake up at Stifler's house, and it's weird. They never quite struck me as the type that were close enough to Stifler that they would crash at his place, like, except maybe Oz. Mm -hmm. But then Sherman comes out of one of the bedrooms with a girl and supposedly got laid. I just don't understand how Sherman, who was told earlier, what the fuck are you doing here, got a bedroom, (laughs) but meanwhile, Kevin is on the floor and Jim is curled up in an armchair. Like, is there just an unspoken respect for anyone that claims a room for hookup purposes? That's got to be what it is. Yeah, it must be. The old, the old sock on the soccer tie on the door trick. That's right. I mean, 
back to your old other point, like Stifler's house seems like it's pretty massive. Yeah, it could be. It could be like an eight bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, upstairs in basement. But he's got like one brother. <laughs> well, knowing that Sherman got some is the catalyst for them to make a pact to get laid before college. And we'll keep each other motivated. Consensual sex. No pain, Finch. Ah, busted. I love that line. Yeah, I like that too. (laughs) So with Kevin's cheesy motivational speech out of the way, where he's talking all about our dicks will not remain flaccid, we get our Harvey Danger flagpole sit montage. Oz is learning all these things like flower arranging. Uh, Kevin is trying to make up with Vicky. Jim is trying online dating, and Finch is practicing putting. And this montage ends with them handing out condoms, specifically Durex brand condoms. I love how Jim keeps asking for more boxes, though. Like, he hands one box to each (laughs) of them, and Jim's like, no, keep keep them coming, keep them coming. But they are Durex condoms, and that means it's time for Sponsorship Corner! So always on the lookout for product placements in movies. This week, American Pie is brought to you by Durex Condoms, Mountain Dew and Pepsi, Adidas, Volkswagen, Metallica, Brine Athletic Gloves, Pentalax, and the magazines YM, Hustler, Perfect 10, and Shaved. Plus a special shout out to the restaurant Dog Years. And this has been Sponsorship Corner. Shaved. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I had a couple of those from my collection when I was younger. <laughs> I didn't have this issue though. <laughs> I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna tell me that you for the sake of research you went and looked up that year's issue just to see <laughs> what the articles and <laughs> who was who was the centerfolds. No, but I did do something else for the sake of research uh, <laughs> a little bit later on. Okay. I, I discovered that I discovered that Shannon Elizabeth posed for Playboy shortly after doing this movie. So I went and looked up those photos. So, hmm. yeah. And then after that, vowed that she would never do nudity in a movie again. But she does say that she is glad that she did do the nudity because she really thinks it helped her career. So I guess good for her. I guess. <laughs> So Kevin gets advice from Jessica about giving Vicky the big O if he's not willing to be a creep and tell her he loves her to get her into bed. We also find that Oz has joined the show choir, and this is where he meets Heather, who is Mina Savari, who went on to American Beauty. So show choir is just an untapped resource, like I mentioned at the top. And Oz says, I can work the sensitive angles here, guys. And he really took what that college chick told him to heart. I, you know, that's the thing, though, is... I'm wondering whether Oz's character actually grows in this movie or whether like he was just a nice guy all along. He just he really buys into it. And all of a sudden, like he he really seems like a genuinely nice guy. And when you compare him to like some of the other guys on the sports team, like Stifler. Like, yeah. You know, he doesn't. That's kind of yeah. the thing that I found with Oz that like, I don't want to harp on the writer's uh character development but he was a very flat character Mm -hmm. and i felt like the right way for that character to go would have been for him to kind of start like stifler yeah and end end where he ends yeah 
like end kind of like with the you know the tin the the tin man who who got his heart or whatever and he yeah you know he learns to feel and he learns how to treat women with respect and blah 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 Mm-hmm. But it's but I do kind of think even based on the way that he delivers the lines to those college girl where it's it's really like apprehensive like really unconfident and kind of like yeah. oh I don't want to say this but this is what I'm supposed to say because this is what the girls like yeah or seemingly like mm-hmm. type thing like he he wants to be a player but he just doesn't have the follow through yeah and then even then when he goes to the show choir there's like three like really attractive girls yeah and you would have thought like maybe he would have tried to play all of them Mm -hmm. but he still is like honorable enough to just go for the one yeah his character ends up in this place of being like a sensitive nice guy and then in american pie 2 all of a sudden like yes he's got the long distance thing going on with heather who is in europe or whatever but there are parts where he where he becomes the character that I think they wanted him to be in the beginning. Yeah. Like when he's like when he's peeping on the nude women in the you know when when they're painting the house and stuff like that. Like there are moments where Oz feel feels like the jock that they wanted to start off with. Yeah. But he's in just such a different place. I don't know. Like he's yeah, he is a weird character. I also kind of feel the same about Kevin and uh I don't even remember what's Reed's character's name again? Vicky. Vicky, like their relationship. It's like I never really buy into the whole thing about what, what Kevin's issue was with the love. Yeah. With not just saying, I love you one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Because they never they never have that, like, even when they have the scene in the car, you know how most movies they do it where it's like, someone says, I love you, and it's like, time freezes. Yeah. And the person's like, panicking. <laughs> but they just, they, just, they just play it off so cool that you're like, okay, well, what was the big deal, really? Yeah, like what does he was he not hugged enough as a child or something that, or you know he was abandoned early or yeah. had his heart broken like yeah what is his deal that he is so opposed to saying I love you back but we cut to Jim's room now where he is fascinated by the condoms and Jim's dad comes in and he's bought Jim some magazines and he sees the condom and says well safer than a tube sock <laughs> <laughs> But, like, he's so funny when he's going through these magazines, and it's just like, okay, well, if you flip to the centerfold there, yeah. I know, like, you it's... Can see that she's got this look on her face, like, oh, hello there. Hi, big boy. <laughs> hey, big boy. <laughs> I could not imagine. I was fortunate that I never really got, like, a sex talk. No, neither did I. I don't I don't know what I would have done if it was something like this. I feel like I would have... You would have literally seen me, like... So like Roger Rabbit when he runs through the glass, just <laughs> Colin shaped <laughs> hole in the side of his wall. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I also I also love when he opens up the one. He's like he's like yeah. So you'll see. Um, uh, in this one, they decided to focus more on the um pubic region <laughs> and. <laughs> so funny. I read I read that Eugene Levy basically when he negotiated his contract, he got part of it was that he had the right to like improvise his dialogue as much as he wanted because I guess he didn't really like the way that the character was originally written. And so I think something like 90% of his lines are just improvised lines. And it's so, it's so funny. Like stuff like that makes the movie. Yeah. I I mean, I'd be curious to see what the original script looked like in that case to see how far off they were with what Eugene Levy ended up giving. Yeah. 
But 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 then also looking at those original words and going, oh, but would Bill Murray have done those really well? Yeah. So we now also find out that Finch wasn't just playing golf. He had plans and they're they're already in play where he's been spreading rumors. And Kevin's brother teaches him about the Bible, played by Casey Affleck in a bit of a cameo. Yeah, this is this is the guy. Oh, okay. this is the guy I feel like I need to talk about because like when I saw Casey Affleck in this movie, I was my mind was blown. Oscar yeah. winner Casey Affleck in this like tiny two minute part where he actually is arguably the best actor in the entire movie, other than <laughs> Eugene Levy. He's the yeah. only one that like plays a convincing character, mm-hmm. and I was just like, it's so funny to think all these other guys. I would have imagined they're like, oh, I hit it big. This is my big time. Like I'm going. <laughs> to like off to bigger things and then i have to like this is 99 so casey affleck he would have already been in goodwill hunting yeah so this still would have been like pretty early in his career mm-hmm. but it's like he's still kind of like finding his way yeah and it's just crazy to i, I would have never thought that casey affleck would have american pie on his uh resume <laughs> yeah i i also i i find this this guru character that he plays that interesting too. Like he's, he's just the, he's the wise one. And he like, I remember him appearing in at least the second one in the same sort of just quick phone call scene where he's giving out sage advice. I also find like, there's no way they're, they are not convincing brothers. Yeah. Like Kevin looks, I don't know, some kind of like really Mediterranean, like Italian, Sicilian, something like that. Like he's got that kind of like, permatan caucasian and then casey affleck is like pretty pretty irish as as (laughs) irish as can be yeah without going ginger he's pretty irish (laughs) yeah the the one thing i found interesting too with the bible here is that it according to the dewey decimal system the the secret compartment for the bible is located in the fluid dynamics section of the library which i think is a brilliant little uh joke that they added in hmm (laughs) so now it's time for the famous pie scene and i love seeing all the thoughts go through jim's head yeah like there's some brilliant silent acting going on here from jason biggs even if you don't think that he's you know even if you think casey affleck and eugene levy there are quiet moments like this where like jason biggs gives great performances because you can see what he's thinking when he sticks his fingers in and then there's the you know should i no well well maybe huh (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say it's good that you bring that up because i actually think in the theatrical version that's lost a little bit. Yeah. Like in the when the pie is on the table, in that version, it's like he kind of takes his time a little bit more with like trying to decide what he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. But with the theatrical version, I actually felt like it just that's kind of why I was I was a little bit thrown off because it just seemed like it happened so fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mr. Levenstein walks in and says, It's not what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh pray tell jim what does it <laughs> what do you think i think it looks like uh and then we get the <laughs> we'll just tell your mother that we ate it all <laughs> i was gonna say the only thing that would have that could make that scene better would be if it was if his mom just walked in and fainted yeah 
So Kevin in the Bible comes across the tongue tornado and talks Vicky into letting him perform the tongue tornado. And this is like one of the only times that I actually find Tara Reid funny in this movie, though, is the whole I'm coming, I'm coming. But I don't know whether it's her that's funny or whether it's her dad's reaction when he gets up to the door and okay, okay. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of Vicky and Kevin. I I don't know. Just uh. there's just some there's just something about their entire storyline. Yeah, that's kind. Of, you're kind of just like, why are you guys even together? Like, yeah, nobody yeah. care. Nobody really cares about your love. Mm-hmm. You don't really watch it. <laughs> I don't know why. There's a. It's a weird thing to think. Like, my wife always points this out, and it's a really good point of like, like, why do we watch movies where teenagers are having sex? Like, why? Clearly, I mean, clearly, all these people are like in, not teenagers. Yeah, in their twenties. But yeah. it's but it's it's a weird mental exercise to watch a movie set in high school and have it all be around like, are they or are they not going to have sex? Mm-hmm. But then I also don't really, I also really don't care about their love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about their love, their fake love story. <laughs> So Heather comes to watch Oz play lacrosse, and then she ends up inviting him to the prom. Unfortunately, Heather sees Stifler making fun of him uh, after she walks away. Stifler has to ruin it for him. Jim's dad talks masturbation with Jim. <laughs> Practice for the big game. Oh, Eugene Levy is so great. Yeah. I-, I love how the whole conversation, though, starts with him staring at the portrait on the wall. Oh, that was a fun day, wasn't it? Jim, I'd like to talk masturbation. <laughs> <It's> just, <Yeah. laughs> oh. <laughs> so at school the next day, Nadia approaches Jim to tutor her and he suggests tomorrow night. Well, she has ballet practice, but could change at his place. And so now we get into the very problematic moment of this movie where everyone talks Jim into setting up an internet connection so they can watch Nadia change. Yeah, I'll save you a seat. Like, they're only one step away from setting up cameras in the locker room. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this would literally get you thrown in jail. Yeah. I feel like it might have got you thrown in jail even then, but it's weird how, like... Like, when I... I remember watching this as a a teenager, and you're kind of like, oh, this is awesome. Like, you're right there. That's a good idea. You're you're right there with them. Like, you're just like, oh, man, how awesome would that be? And you just, like, fantasize every day about, like... That's when every teenage boy would, if you could pick any superpower, it'd be invisibility so they could go to the lo- women's locker room. But yeah, watching it now with like Me Too eyes, I just like it, it's like uncomfortable. Yep, a little bit. Now we get to one of my least favorite lines in this movie when Oz meets Heather in the parking lot, and clearly they haven't talked since she invited him to prom and saw Stifler mocking her. And, and she tells him, You are just a jock. Oh, wait a jerk like it's just the worst line delivery in this movie and you know american beauty she was nominated for an oscar wasn't she (laughs) (laughs) but this is just such terrible delivery yeah well later in choir practice the director decides she needs to punch up heather's solo with regional finals coming and so oz volunteers to sing the duet and meanwhile, back in Jim's world, Jim sets up his webcam so he can invasively film Nadia changing. When she arrives, he books it to Kevin's house to watch, and she finds Jim's new porn collection and starts masturbating on his bed. I have to laugh, though, because the quality of this video, yet all the things they make note of, it's just impossible. Like, how can they even tell that those magazines 
are porn. Yeah, no, it's so grainy and <laughs> Yeah. And, and 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 it's not even full screen. Like it's grainy and it's like only like a quarter screen size. <laughs> like Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Kevin tells Jim that if he ever had a chance with Nadia, this is it. Go over there and ask her if she needs an extra hand. So Jim sprints home. And meanwhile, Sherman calls Kevin to tell him that Jim addressed the email wrong and it went out to every email address in the East High directory. So Jim psychs himself up delivers Kevin's epic line and Nadia acts all invaded, but then quickly pivots to seduction, telling him to strip. Was this her plan all along? Hmm. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I've never snuck a peek in someone's drawer or medicine cabinet, but I've never been like, huh, now seems like a good time to rub one out. Yeah. But but after like two minutes, you'd be wondering why it's taking so long to change clothes. Like eventually someone would come check on her. Yeah, I was actually wondering that too. Basically, yeah, I I felt similarly to you. I was just like, she has to know that like people are, people are like Jim is waiting to study study mm-hmm. quotes. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's not like I mean, being a man is one thing, but I feel like being a woman, like that stuff, that shit takes time. You know. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Any experience I've ever had, it does. But. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I would I would I would I would fall on the side watching it this time around that yeah, I think she was down. Yeah. I think she was down for it. But so Jim starts stripping for her and she seems so disinterested. <laughs> like she she's like starts flipping through the magazines again. Yeah. But, but you know, this song that he strips to is the same song that plays in Mortal Kombat Annihilation when Lou and Katana travel through the tunnels in their hamster balls. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. And then we get the double premature ejaculation joke. You know, the I, I do love that. Like, again, it goes back to like this grainy video, but everyone's like, again? Like when, when he comes the second time. But it's like, you wouldn't be able to tell that anything was happening because it's not a good picture. No. <laughs> but like, here's even another example of why I wonder if this was her master plan. Because when he comes the first time, she's all she's all... I should be going. Yeah. Like, do they ever actually study? <laughs> I did. I did too. I did also like that when they're like cutting back to all the different people watching. One of one of the the band that that was playing that comes and watches is Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> yeah, and they've got the monkey. <laughs> but we cut to the next day at school, and embarrassingly, everyone knows Nadia's sponsor sent her home on a plane. We find out. And in class, we get introduced to one time at band camp from Michelle. And to shut her up, and because she seems to be the only person that doesn't know why he's upset, Jim asks Michelle to go to the prom. Mm -hmm. And Heather sees Oz practicing his part of the duet and gets a bit of a lady boner over it. So that night, she goes to see Oz at work. Literally the only time we've ever seen any of them working. He he makes her a sub-sandwich. And they, they make up and everything like that. She's she's cool with him now, and they're going to prom again. Stifler gets turned down the next day at school by a girl who's holding out for Finch. What, for shipwreck? And then Kevin finds out that Jessica spread the rumors about Finch. And that has been his game all along. But, you know, one of the caveats of this pact was that no one could pay for sex. Isn't paying Jessica to help him get, like, kind of the same thing? Isn't it in the same neighborhood, at least? Hmm. I guess you. it's kind of like a middleman. Yeah. I mean, you're not paying for sex. Yeah. You're paying for assistance mm-hmm. in 
procuring sex. Yeah. I don't know if it would stand up in a court of law. Yeah. Well, see, because I'm also thinking, on the other hand, like, some of the rumors that she is spreading, I imagine, are going to be false advertising. Oh, yeah. Like, there's the one about the giant eagle tattoo or something. He's got, he's hawked from Cobra Kai all of a sudden. He's got, like, a big old tattoo on him, apparently. So what happens if he gets this girl naked? Like, all of a sudden, it's false advertising that you've paid for. So we see Oz singing in the shower and Stifler says to him, oh my God, you're gay. <laughs> but with some with something he says, Oz realizes that, oh shit, the finals of the choir are the same day as the lacrosse finals. And so he lets down Heather because he chooses lacrosse. Can we just... Yeah. And she's just like, no, it's fine. I just want to stop for a second to like say, what are the odds of this show choir winning this competition, do you think? Like oh, I, who knows? Are they are they set up as being what's what's like the re- the real the real good squad from Glee? It's not Here Comes Trouble, is it? Uh no. oh, the, uh, yeah, for <laughs> the the all boys school, the Warblers. There's the Warblers. Yeah, I was thinking about the one that they that's in like season season one. That's like real real like techno and laser show and all this stuff. But I see. I, anyway, I feel like Here Comes Trouble is the Office. I think that's Andy's Glee. Yeah, club. I was gonna think that. Yeah. It's, yeah. But anyways, Oz, Oz, no offense to Chris Klein, but he's awful. Yeah. Like, they're a, ter- they're a terrible group. Mm-hmm. Even their their harmonies and stuff, even when they're all like, oh, like, I w-, and she's like, I want to sing with you and you alone because your voice, I don't know, brings out the essence of my voice. I was just watching And they it tell being... the other guy that he sucks? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> you suck anyway. It's like, well, he's not any better. Yeah, you're all you're all terrible. I would I would rank you like you maybe fifteen out of twenty. Yeah. Well, and one of the worst parts of all of Chris Klein's singing is the stupid Scooby Dooby Doo Bop 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 Dooby Scooby Doo Bop Bop Bop. And she's like, "What was that? No, I like it. You've got to keep it." And it's just like, uh, "Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you want to put all your eggs in the Scooby Dooby Doo Bop basket, there, uh, choir director?" I know, like, uh, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's good." And you're just kind of like, was it though? Was it actually? <laughs> like, I don't know. You you have ears, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe yeah. Maybe they need to maybe they just need to get a new uh choir director. <laughs> <laughs> they need Mr. Shu in there. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's time for the laxatives in the mochaccino scene. Finch will have to shit at school for the first time ever. And Stifler holds the door to the bathroom open for him and guides him inside. The physical comedy from Finch trying to put down the toilet paper on the seat, though, is great. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder, like, how did they make it so that it only ripped off one square at a time? Like, <laughs> like I, I've been in some bathrooms with some terrible toilet paper, like, you know, like the half-ply toilet paper. But usually you don't rip off every square one at a time. Like, usually you can get two or three out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the girls come into the bathroom because Stifler tricked them and they're talking about Finch and he has the can't hold it. And after taking a disgusting sounding dump, comes out of the bathroom whistling. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a whole group of people are standing there ready to laugh at him. His brand new legendary reputation is destroyed thanks to Stifler. And we get a quick Kevin slash Vicky moment where they're talking about love versus sex because 
Vicky is ready to take their relationship to the next level. And Kevin is all like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I love you. Oh, God. The stuff between these two is often uncomfortable. And like, yeah, just my least favorite stuff in the movie. Do they end up together? I don't remember what their how their story ends up going. No, I don't think so. There, there is in in American Pie two. He's excited because she's going to be visiting them at the year end party, okay. and she brings that that weird douchebag named Brit with her. That's her new boyfriend. Okay. And so I remember there was like, you know, Jim thought he was going to hook up with Nadia again, and Kevin thought he was going to vic- hook up with Vicky again. So I remember that being a thread, but no, they don't stay together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we then cut to lacrosse finals game where the coach's rousing speech convinces Oz to go to the choir finals instead. Do you have somewhere more important to be, Oz Striker? Yeah, so so it's his big romantic gesture. He makes it to the music hall on time, and Heather says, you're missing the game for us? And he says, I'm missing the game for you. Smooth, Oz Striker. <laughs> But so why is the final of the show choir such different choreography than what they were rehearsing? <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah, they they were doing choreography in that one, but yeah, you never see them out of like, you know, standing in bleachers in the in any of the rehearsals. Mm. And and holy shit, I never noticed before, but John Cho is one of the vocal choir guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's in Down to Earth as that. Yeah, but but he's the MILF guy too. But I, I always thought he was just the MILF guy. Oh. But I never realized he was in the show choir. I've never seen him in the show choir before. Oh, yeah. I did notice that. And then I also read, funnily enough, he's credited twice as if they're two different characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like as if as if he, he was playing a different dude at the party oh, yeah. than he was at the show choir. Makes sense. It was like his twin brother. <laughs> yeah. So Vicky is discussing sex with Jessica in the library, and she basically convinces Vicky it isn't a big deal, might as well just hook up with Kevin instead of her first time being with some rando at college. And she says, okay, it'll be perfect. And then Jessica says, perfect sex, please. Which is my second least favorite line in this movie. Like, it's just so strangely delivered. She does, like, a little salute between perfect sex and please, too. Like, it's just... (laughs) Jessica, I've always had this weird thing about Jessica in this movie. Like, even going back to the first time that I ever watched this movie. And it's just, she seems so much older than everyone else. Yeah. Like, for as much as you can tell that people aren't teenagers in this movie, this is one where it's like, who invited their mom to high school? Like, it's just, I've always felt, you know, and and and, and it doesn't help that she has this character that's supposed to have, like, this aged wisdom about her. Like, she and Finch are kind of a perfect match, if you think about it, because they're both old souls. Yeah. But it doesn't help that I always thought Natasha Lyonne just looked too old for this part, too. And then you get a line like this. <laughs> So Vicky tells Kevin that she wants to have sex at prom. And this leads into our getting ready for prom montage. People trying on Texas. Finch is sad, sitting on a bench. And we flash forward to prom night. Jim is all tucked up. I love the moment where his dad asks, who's the lucky girl? And this is another one where it's like you can see the brilliant acting from Jason Biggs because Jim is like actually legitimately trying to remember her name. Where he's just like, um, Michelle. 
yeah, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and then the we get Eugene Levy's misdirect line of be very careful when putting on their corsage. Yeah. <laughs> And so now we cut to people dancing at prom with the super cheesy singer. What the hell is up with this Arabian Nights theme? Yeah, I like, I, I read that the directors wanted the most awkward theme possible, but, like, really? Arabian Nights? It's <laughs> the gold palm trees? They're just, they're, just, <laughs> they're just fortunate that they escaped without any form of, like, blackface or, you know, <laughs> cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone abandons the pact, but Kevin is still obsessed with it. Well, you don't need us to get laid, Kevin. Then we find out that their whole reason for making the pact was a lie because Sherman never had sex with that girl and she makes a public display out of shaming him. Oh, and when he gets nervous, he wets himself. Oh, poor Sherman. <laughs> I, did, I forgot to look it up, but I was curious to know if he actually wet himself just just the way it comes out, yeah. like the when they zoom in on his pants, it looks very realistic. I don't think he did. That that was just a well placed tube, I'd say. Yeah. It's gotta be. Like I think even for health and safety reasons, you couldn't ask someone to actually take a leak. <laughs> so they find Kevin outside. He's nervous about what's coming and not sure he wants to go, but they tell him the bus to Stifler's will be there soon, and they've been looking forward to a post-prom party. Why else have we been friends with Stifler for four years? It's like, see what I mean? Like, <laughs> they, they're actually friends with Stifler? I mean, Finch even asks, we were friends with Stifler? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is their post-prom party. I'm going to go in and grab my bag and my date, perhaps? Another great line from Jim. Vicky and Kevin have awkward first-time sex after she insists he says he loves her. So, like, not not only do we not understand why he won't say it, we also, like, don't understand why she is so insistent that he says it. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if you mean it. I just need... Like, that's what gets her motor running, is she has to hear that to get wet. Like, it's... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. She, she, she's like okay with coercing it <laughs> as long as it gets said. Yeah. <laughs> Oz comes clean to Heather about the pact. And I do love Heather's moment of uh, if you're trying to seduce me, like this isn't the way to go about it or whatever she says. Yeah. Yeah. And Finch goes into the please keep out room. And we finally meet Stifler's mom, played by the magnificent Jennifer Coolidge. And when you see Finch interact with her, his character finally makes sense <laughs> like, <laughs> like she says the keg is upstairs and he's all those are what the cretans are drinking <laughs> like, just <laughs> he makes sense finally and so of course she has the line of i got some scotch aged 18 years just how i like it are you trying to seduce me yes ma'am i am <laughs> you're dead <laughs> and then you get the mrs robinson music playing in the background yep. i thought that was a nice touch so Jim is stuck with Michelle telling Bandcamp stories until she finally gets to a good one. This one time at Bandcamp, I stuck a flute in my pussy. <laughs> you don't think I know how to get myself off? That's half of what Bandcamp is. Sex ed. And I was so disappointed when I watched American Pie Presents to realize that it's not as saucy as she makes it sound. <laughs> <laughs> 
but she tells him to use two rubbers. It'll desensitize you. I don't want you coming so damn fast this time. And he's just like, what? I, I thought you didn't know. And she's like, of course I knew. Why do you think I said yes? You were a sure thing. <laughs> And we get our everyone is hooking up montage, the awkward Vicky Kevin sex. Oz and Heather are boldly having outdoor sex, especially bold that just five minutes earlier, she asked if maybe she was his girlfriend. (laughs) He's just like, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, good for Oz, I guess. However, I guess there might be debate about whether they do have sex with each other because of something Oz says in a few minutes about he says he didn't, like, but maybe he's just a gentleman and not boning and telling. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the bit with Jim and Michelle says, say my name, say my name, bitch, <laughs> which I guess was an improv line from Allison Hannigan. Good on her. One of the most memorable Michelle moments ever. I think one of the things that, you have to remember watching this movie when it comes to Allison Hannigan is like this is peak Buffy mm-hmm. time. So she was she was Willow. Yeah. And this character I remember being so off put by how weirdly like funny and like yeah. vulgar she was. Yeah, and then and then she just keeps it up as Lily and how I met your mother. I mean, you know. Yeah. She's a dirty girl in the first couple seasons of that. Yeah. So the morning after, Vicky breaks up with Kevin. A long-distance college relationship just won't work. Jim wakes up alone and is proud that he got used. (laughs) I was used. Cool. (laughs) See, and Oz is naked, wrapped in a blanket in a chair with Heather watching the sunrise. Like, this tells me they must have fucked, because that seems awfully intimate for two people that didn't. Or at least two people that never have. I mean, I may enjoy some naked time with my lady friend that doesn't involve sex, but at least they're has already been sex at some point with each other but yeah these two are like nakedly watching the sunrise they must have hooked up they had to yeah i think they did i i go along more of the lines of he was just trying to be a gentleman yeah and of course stifler walks in on finch and his mom which becomes some of the greatest running jokes in the (laughs) in the follow-up movies I forget. I think it's American Wedding where Stifler goes, says to Finch, oh, you motherfucker. And he goes, yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're back at Dog Years where they are toasting to the next step. And we end out the movie with Jim dancing for Nadia on the webcam, which Jim's dad sees. And we follow him dancing us off to bare naked ladies. And the end. And that is American Pie. There you go. So Colin on IMDb, it scored 7.0 out of 10 and has a meta score of 58. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has 61% on the tomato meter and an audience rating of 61%. But Colin, those are just numbers like warm apple pie. Why not stick us with some reviews? All right, I got a mix of ones that I pulled from the Google Play Store and Rotten Tomatoes, so let's start off with Russell Rogers. Two out of five stars, he says, Sigh. The best way to describe this film is it's a teen sex education film secretly wrapped within a raunchy comedy. Besides Eugene Levy, the best, Jason Biggs, Sean William Scott, and even Alison Hannigan, the rest of the acting is just incredibly stilted and probably worse than any adult film you'd see today. IDK... When I saw this as a teen, I thought it was hilarious and really spoke to me. But as an adult, I'm like, boy, 
was I dumb then? And a lot of this movie is pretty terrible, lol. You know, I have to say that I don't completely disagree with some of the things he said about, you know, there's that handful of people that did a really great job, Mm -hmm. and then there were a few that it's questionable. Two out of five stars, though, is a little harsh, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I do, similar to you, I do agree with a lot of what he's he's saying, even the way I kind of, I myself kind of look back on this movie, but I think sometimes, especially with a movie like American Pie, it gets extra status or like praise for kind of being the f- the first of its kind yeah like it's not the first of its kind in that you had like it's kind of along the lines of like fast times at ridgemont high and yeah and like all those but it, it was kind of like the most memorable one of the 90s mm-hmm. i would say or uh, at least most memorable one of the 90s that was set in the 90s because dazed and yeah. confused is a 90s movie too i believe yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure and i think too american pie just kind of it really captured it was the first one i guess maybe for my generation mm-hmm. like it, it came out around the time when i was in junior high school which i think is the perfect time to to watch a movie like this yeah. So anybody who's like around my age, I feel like if you think about the the funny movie you watched in high school, American Pie is definitely going to be on that list. Well, and that second movie came out fast. Yeah. That that that's another key part of this is that they were on top of that sequel, I think the very next summer. Hmm. Or or maybe two. Like it might have been 2001, but I think it was 2000 for the sequel. Yeah. George Bozen gives it 1 out of 5 stars. <laughs> and he says Stifler is by far the best part of this movie. Everything else falls very short, especially dumb, unrealistic, overreaching situations just for a quick jerk here and there. Oh, I don't know, maybe the pie or flute sex? This movie preys directly on underdeveloped teens that haven't solidified a sense of good taste yet. Hmm. Okay. All right, now we'll go to a a positive review (laughs) from... Mediana R, five out of five stars. Hilarious! <laughs> this movie is lots of fun. It has some offensive jokes in it, very offensive, but it makes up for it with some romantic scenes as well. The movie is wild and over the top with lots of original moments. The best thing about this movie is that it's respecting the characters and lets them develop to good and decent people. A very nice feel-good movie. Better watch it with friends. <laughs> You know, speaking of watching with friends, I want to go back to the streamed video. Why would you want to sit around with a group of guys watching this video? Why why wouldn't you sit on your own computer? Ah, this I mean, I I've never understood that aspect like when you hear about I don't know, I feel like you hear stories, these are mostly relayed through listening to like Kevin Smith's podcast, but he tells a lot of stories about how him and his buddies would like sit around a TV and watch porn and, like, kind of, like, essentially, like, jack off in secret with other people in the room. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. That's never been my life. Yeah. I can't no, imagine no. it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm neither. Yeah, I mean, even even in Zack and Miri Make a Porno, where they come up with the Dutch rudder, it's like, who thinks of that? Yeah. No. <laughs> and then this last review I kind of just threw in because I didn't really know what to make of it. Okay. It's an unnamed user. Five out of five stars says a chilling inside look at the burgeoning predatory nature of toxic masculinity. (laughs) Even as teens, these men wreak havoc that will echo years after prom, a must-see cautionary tale. (laughs) Huh. Uh, 
that's one where it's it's an interesting perspective, and I can totally understand the perspective, yeah. but I don't know whether they were trying to be ironic with their review or not, or what's going on there. Yeah, why are you giving uh, five out of five stars? <laughs> right on. So, yeah, we've got 7.0 out of 10. We've got 58, and then matching 61s on Rotten Tomato. Yeah, where does this fall for you? Huh. I don't know. It's hard. Because like we talked about at the top of the show, I think on one aspect, I'm kind of like a little bit wary of movies like this for today, like in a society where it's like there's already so much access and like so much talk around sex and all this stuff for teenagers. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at the same time, like disregarding all that, it is still very funny. Yeah. And even watching it, it, it reminds me of the good times I had in high school and junior high. So it definitely has that feel. There's something to movies like this. Like, I think the last one, well, I mean, like, I really love, like, Superbad. I think Superbad was the, the next movie after American Pie that kind of made me feel that same way, where it's, like, it a little bit makes you just pine for the simpler days of high school. Yeah. When all you really ever thought about was, like, oh, how can I get this girl to like me? Yeah. <laughs> so, I would get, I think it still, I think it definitely still holds up. Certain things have, like, aged, obviously, like, the internet stuff and the, and that, but. Yeah. But other other than that, I thought it was still it was still a very good movie and very funny. Eugene Levy made me laugh so much. Stifler, I was still surprised at how how funny Sean William Scott is. And a steal. <laughs> yeah. And a steal of a deal. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably fall like in the sixty-five to seventy percent range yeah based mostly on nostalgia yeah and i mean like we've said with other movies that we've done before i know this is one of those ones that kind of had me wanting to go and watch the sequel right away yeah i didn't but but you know it's like it, it makes me want to i feel like they got a little bit funnier as they went on it, this first one it was kind of like okay let's see what we can do and then the second one was okay let's see how we can push that yeah i need to go back and watch american pie 2 because in my mind, I feel like I remember liking that one even more yeah. than American I, Pie. And I, I did look it up here, 2001, so it came out two years later. Okay. Yeah, because that's the one where they have the summer home, it's their last summer before college, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that, that one was a bit more fun, I thought, because it was less about getting laid, and it was all about how do we have this big, epic summer that we're never going to forget. Mm -hmm. And again, it's Kevin's weird fucking obsession with making these memories with everyone and making these packs and everything why is kevin the one that keeps coming back i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean i i look at that first review and it does echo a lot of what i think about this movie there are problematic aspects with a 20s lens put on it looking back it's yeah you can't be broadcasting people over the internet yeah <laughs> that's a little invasive yeah, I look at that first review where I can find certain performances in this movie that I thought were great. Uh, Sherman is one of those ones that uh, there's. I still got a soft spot for Sherman. As ridiculous as the character is, his whole "I'm a sophisticated love robot sent back through time," yeah, to, <laughs> to change the fate for one lucky lady. Like, just he he's the cheesiest cheese ball ever. But, like, just very funny. But, yeah, I just look at some of the other characters now where it's just like, oh, okay, I, I don't care much for Kevin and Vicky. I, I, the Oz, Heather stuff. Like, I like Oz at times and some of the stuff that Heather said. Like, a lot of the jokes were hit or miss unless it was a few of the main guys like Jim or Jim's dad or some of those people that we've mentioned already. But, yeah, I, I, 
I can get in the same place as you that, yeah, I'm a mid-60s, high 60s to 70, mm-hmm. I think, is, it's still funny. And if I remember correctly, yeah, the second one is the funnier of the two. <laughs> and, and then like American Wedding and American Reunion, they just push it as far as they can go. Those ones are all for nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember those ones nearly as well. Yeah, I remember not really enjoying American Wedding, but I do f- feel like I liked American Reunion. Oh, see, I, I like American Wedding, but I don't. I, I think I'm just the opposite, the opposite of you. Yeah, I don't think I like American Reunion as much as I like American Wedding. American Wedding has the pubes on the cake, and <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it has the whole Stifler and Finch trying to hook up with uh january jones's character where finch starts acting like the asshole and stifler is acting like the nice guy and then of course there's the bachelor party i mean why just have nadia's tits when you can have two strippers instead (laughs) (laughs) the whole maid scene oh okay anyway that's american pie 3 Uh, but (laughs) So, so there we go that's american pie and that's our show for this week if you like that show well one thing you can do to really help us out is tell your friends word of mouth is very important for a podcast or if you want to take it to the next step and go above and beyond and help us out on the business end go to whatever app it is you listen to your podcasts on and give us five stars doesn't matter what you say but those five stars well they just drive us up the charts and help us get noticed and if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email at I used to like this one, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, be sure to check out our website, www.iusedtolikethisone.com. There you can find links to all our podcast episodes as well as our social media. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Be sure to go on there. Hit us up. Let us know what movies you used to like. And then maybe, you know, maybe you'll find that one day it ends up being in our rotation and we'll be asking you to come be a guest star and... You can make it big time in the podcast world like us, so come on down. And if you would like to be a producer of the show, you don't want to be a guest on the show or any of that, but you want to be a producer <laughs> and have your name shouted out in our credits, you can go to patreon.com slash I used to like this one and become part of our Patreon community. I used to like this one is created by, hosted by, and produced by Sean Wells and Colin Stewart. It is edited by Sean Wells, music by Lyndon Carter. Look for his band Carter in the Capitals anywhere you listen to music. Thank you for listening, and join us next week when we take a look at another movie on. I used to like this one.